Welcome to the Social Scholars Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Lynn, and I'm a social media consultant, personal branding strategist, and Elon Musk super fan. Each week, you're going to learn through quick tip episodes, guest expert trainings, and business owner interviews, the perspective, insight, and strategies you need to align your business goals with your marketing efforts and make social media work for you. So let's get to class. Welcome back to another episode of the Social Scholars Podcast. I'm so glad you're hanging out. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, This has been really fun. I'm loving all the conversations with the guests that I've had, and today is no different. Um, I'm talking with real estate agent local to Louisville, Kentucky. Her name is Leslie Comstock, and she was able to bring in $1.5 million in sales in 2019. because of her use, her strategic and intentional use of Instagram and didn't have to do some of the typical traditional methods um, for how most in her industry connect with new leads. She was able to um, bring in new leads and make referral partners so that Um, she could grow her business um, and really do it in a way that felt fun and authentic and in line with how she wants to do business. So there's never any one way to do something, and Leslie is proof of that. And also, she's proof of how when you do use social media with intention and purpose, you can use it to build a business. You can see an ROI on it, and I know that's a frustration For a lot of people, they spend all this time and energy creating beautiful graphics and awesome content, which Leslie does as well. Um, And then she takes it to the next level by having all of that aligned with her end goal and being very crystal clear on where she's taking people. So she has fun posts. She also has jam-packed value posts. She answers questions and she gets into um, a lot of that in this episode, which I think you're also going to get a lot out of. And I did want to mention how Leslie and I met and and do this with each of my guests because so far I've been connected with each of my guests by social media, thanks to social media. And Leslie and I met because of Instagram, not directly on Instagram. However, um, I had the really cool opportunity of speaking at her um real estate firm, uh, homepage realty here in Louisville, Kentucky. Leslie happened to be somebody in the audience. The topic was, you know, how to improve your curb appeal on Instagram, which is really fun. Um, a lot of the agents though, looked to Leslie during that presentation, asking her, talking about the things that they saw she doing really well because she is rocking it, um, over on Instagram specifically. And so we connected after the, the presentation and have just really stayed in touch. And I really um, admire her. I'm always inspired um, by how she shows up um, on social media. And I was thrilled to get to sit down and talk to her about um, some of the behind the scenes, how she does it, why she does it, and um, some of the challenges she's faced as well. We talk about, you know, when you do put yourself out there and your opinions, you start to get feedback and the the opinions of others on your opinions. And so should we talk about a specific example? And, you know, that's 
tends to be a big fear for people, but she's alive despite that. And I'm sure she's going to continue to get more. And so she has a pretty um, great way for handling um, maybe negative or differenting opinions. And uh, that I think that you're going to learn from, and she has a lot of things you're going to learn from. So um, with for, without further ado, let's get into episode seven with Leslie Comstock. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Social Scholars Podcast. I am here today with a very special guest. They're all special guests, but this one is going to be a fun interview. I'm talking with Leslie Comstock today. She is a real estate agent here in Louisville, Kentucky, who is killing it over on Instagram. And so I wanted to bring her in today to share some of her tips, lessons learned about the success she's been able to have on Instagram um, and some of the challenges that she's had to overcome and figure out that she that we're going to hopefully tease out and pass along to you as well. So welcome, Leslie. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay. So Leslie, just just to kind of kick it off in your own words, tell us what you do, what you do every day. Well, I am a real estate agent here in Louisville, and I also am helping other realtors learn or utilize social media, specifically Instagram, for running their real estate business. Ah, which is so good because whether you are a real estate agent or not, the things that Leslie's going to talk about is so applicable because I think some of the mistakes, maybe we'll just jump into that right now, that people make in general and probably Leslie sees specifically for real estate agents is maybe just like promotion, 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 and not a lot of connection content or value content, which Leslie does a great job of. So I guess let's let's talk about some of those mistakes that you see people making on Instagram specifically right now. Specifically for realtors or in general? We can talk about realtors because I think they'll end up applying, applying to, to us all. Um, a lot of the things that I see right now, especially for realtors are, and I'm sure that you, you're going to think of a couple of posts as I say this, but um, the just li- just listed, just pending, in escrow posts that are kind of cycled through. So you end up seeing the same house multiple times. Um, you, you end up seeing like the house for the just listed. And then you see it again for just pending. If it doesn't work out, you probably see it again for, you know, back on the market. You know, there's just like the same house over and over again. And I think it can get... A little bit redundant because no one outside of the real estate world understands what the heck is going on or why they're seeing the same house multiple times. So what happens in the feed is that you just kind of tune this person out, right? Because you 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 don't you don't really care about what they're doing. You, you know, real estate is kind of has this vibrancy to it, right? So you kind of want to get nosy. You want to see the inside of the house. You don't care that it just sold. You you know, cool, awesome. You know. You want to see the more maybe intimate details of the house opposed to just what the person is selling. Yes, because then it's like only if you're in the market for a house does that person's account really become relevant. Right. Whereas 
And, and this, I think, is applicable to any product-based business or service where if you're just talking about the course you're launching or the coaching program that you have or the t-shirts mm-hmm. that you're selling over and over, um, it's like unless somebody is specifically looking for that or needing that at that moment, there's not a lot of reason to follow along right. and keep following along. Whereas what you do, tell us about kind of the, the opposite of that. So I just try to be as personable as possible while providing value so that whoever is listening, whatever stage they're in, can get something from what I'm talking about. Whether that's someone who has no interest in purchasing or selling their house anytime soon, but just kind of wants to see the inside of houses, right? It's why we all love HGTV. It's why interior designers have a job, like just organizing the inside of the house or letting people inside kind of gives other people an idea. Like think about what you search on Pinterest and actually seeing that in a house or showing people the potential in a house or what you think of when you look through the homes, um, that kind of thing. So I try to show like what's on the market without actually saying this is available to purchase, you know, like just kind of showing the nitty gritty uh, behind the scenes things that I can see. Um, And then I also just try to involve people in my daily life and what it actually looks like to be in real estate um, and and just kind of everything that involves, but also in my personal life. Um, I show a lot of my dog. Everyone loves him. (laughs) Um, Just, you know, things like that, that would kind of allow people to get to know me. Like what do my friends care about seeing from me personally? And I kind of try to show that so that people actually feel like they know me, feel like they know what's going on in my life. Even if, you know, I'm only showing fractional amounts <laughs> of what's happening. Um, and then of course, providing value. So making blog post type captions that are just kind of explaining what happens, why you should do things differently. What about the real estate process that everybody finds so intimidating or confusing and kind of just boiling it down to really simple terms so that if someone, you know, I do want to sell real estate. So obviously I want whoever is on my social media to feel like it's digestible and not just this really intimidating thing that they probably can't do because they don't understand it. Yeah. Okay. And talk. so I talk a lot about there being three types of content in your social media strategy, promotion, connection, and value. And I love it because you cover all of those with what you do. And what I think that I've been impressed by too, is just, you're not just sharing like random value tips. It's like you kind of understand what your audience is struggling with or might have questions about or common make or they make common mistakes. Cause like the one that comes to mind right now is like the Zillow one that you posted about, well, here, I'll let you talk to us about that one. So a lot of people don't understand why realtors hate Zillow because to them, you can, you know, you can go on Zillow and search anything and you can be nosy. You can see the nitty gritty and you can, you kind of have this chewable information, right? Um, realtors, are, or maybe I shouldn't even say it that way. Maybe how, how can I say this? What happens is 
Zillow capitalizes on realtors needing what we call leads. So connections, if you're in sales or, you know, anything else, basically realtors buy certain zip codes on like Zillow, realtor.com, all of like Redfin. There's a bunch of other ones. Maybe I shouldn't name drop. I don't know. But um, they will pay to get um, your information. So let's say I go online and I say, you know, my name's Leslie Comstock. I'm looking for a three bed, two bath in this area and hit search. So Zillow just sold that information to about five different realtors who are then going to call me and say, Hey, we know you're looking at a three bed, two bath in this specific area. I can help with that. Or actually that's my listing, even if it's not, and I can take you to go see it or make you believe that they have some advantage um, and that's what we call cold calling. So what realtors do on, on the other end of it is they sit in front of a computer for X amount of time a day, and they'll kind of sift through the information that Zillow or realtor.com or some site sends them, and they will just dial numbers until someone picks up and you're able to have a conversation or um, a thing that's getting bigger right now is the texting because millennials are just, we ruin everything. And so um, just texting them and saying, Hey, I know you're looking at a house and having a conversation that way. Um, and I feel like I spoke about that and I, my DMS like blew up. Everybody was like, what? Like I had no idea. Of course, realtors are like, well, yeah, you know, that happens. But the people that aren't realtors that do follow me were like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Or like a, a lot of the ones that I got were like, that's why so many people called me whenever I, you know, and so I think just bringing awareness around certain things that may seem like common sense to me, but allowing other people to have it be common sense to them too. Oh, that's so good. And so, yes, you're speaking to like a real estate example. However, I think that's very applicable to coaching or like service provider, or if you take photos or whatever it might be, and that there's going to be similar miss mistakes, ways of thinking, beliefs um, in the industry or niche that you're in that you might just take for granted that like, oh, everybody knows this or that's not a big deal. But in reality, that could be like a great blog post or Instagram caption or Instagram story. Exactly. And you're adding value because you're giving your audience something else to think about or a new perspective or a way to shift their belief um, that can make them a better buyer, consumer, um, make their life easier, better, whatever it might be, because you're sharing that quote unquote common information that's probably only common to you and like the, the industry, yeah, the experts yeah. in your industry. What I've also found is that it makes people feel more aware, especially in the real estate industry. Everybody has this stigma. Like everybody kind of hates realtors, right? Cause we're kind of pushy. Everyone assumes that because we're in an intimidating market that we are also intimidating or that we're super salesy, right? Um, if you think about going to a car lot, like you're kind of dreading any type of social interaction with the person that's going to sell you the car when in reality, you should probably like that person. So what I've found is that creating um, awareness around intimidating topics. So oftentimes the topics 
like you're saying that you feel like other people should know or that you don't even feel like it's important to know it because they should just trust you as a salesperson, but just bringing awareness around it so that they feel more prepared or even that they have a leg up on something helps them trust you a little bit. And they're like, Oh, she's not, you know, going to treat me like I would expect other realtors to treat me or she's authentic in a sea full of sharky real estate agents, or she's not dog eat dog. Like I'm kind of separating myself apart from the stigma around my industry. Yeah. And because, okay. So you're doing these things where you're adding value. You're kind of busting through some of these myths in the industry or sharing common knowledge. Um, you're taking people behind the scenes and whether that's like, it just so happens that you're really lucky and that the, like HGV, HGTV and like <laughs> the television show, the magazine, like Pinterest boards, like people love that. But also even if you're an accountant, like there's behind the scenes that could be really fun from like the office supplies that you use to like your, what your office looks like to, I mean, like, what are your favorite tools to you? I mean, there's all kinds of different ways people think that their businesses and lives aren't that exciting. And we could brainstorm on all the different ways that it, that it really is. If you just infuse a little creativity into that and not take for granted how you use post-it notes or what, (laughs) if you use a whiteboard or what type of planner you use, there's all kinds of behind the scenes, um, that you could share. Um, what tell, cause you kind of shared this on social media a few weeks ago, but what has utilizing the strategy, like what was the number or the, the accomplishment that you achieved up to this point that you shared on social media? So this year, um, was my first year as a solo agent all by my little, my little lonesome. Um, but I did 1.5 this year, um, 1.5 million. So, um, and of course that's in volume. So number of houses sold, um, I think that that can kind of be, some agents will have that be a little bit misleading. So, you know, some agents will say I'm worth 1.5 million and that's not necessarily the case. I sold 1.5 million. And I think that you kind of have to be careful about some, how, how some agents present that as well. But, um, I sold 1.5 million this year as my first you're on my own, which is both intimidating and exciting. Which is so fun. And then the reason why I wanted to bring that up specifically is because I know you and I had kind of talked behind the scenes. You were questioning whether or not to even share that. Yes. I think because agents can be so salesy. um, And honestly, I have seen so many people do so much more. So I was really nervous to even Mm. talk about it because, you know, good old imposter syndrome and you can kind of get into your head. And um, I just kind of thought, you know, is this a big enough accomplishment? Is this a good accomplishment? So many people have done so much more or, you know, um, I don't want to come across that, you know, should I share like my worth? Like, will this downsize me in any way? Will this make me seem either unattainable to some people or, you know, stupid to other realtors. Like, oh, she only made 1.5 million, you know, or only sold 1.5 million. And I, it was a big mind funk, you know, because I just couldn't, it took me like a week to post that because I, I just, it just kept coming back and I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to share it. 
I'm going to, you know, this is, this is a big accomplishment. Some people in their first year don't make it to a million. And that's saying something because I'm doing it in an unconventional way on top of that. So I shared it. I put it out there. <laughs> it's out there. It's out for the world to see, but yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that you're alone in that. Like I have gone through that. I know that anyone listening to this has had some, doubt. Yeah. Some <laughs> sort of like mindset issue around like, Oh, sharing a client testimonial or right. even asking for a client testimonial, let mm-hmm. alone sharing it or yeah. Talking about their accomplishments and you know, the, the reframe that I have used and that I'll share with my own students or clients around that is like, yes, it's a way to like show other people that you know what you're doing. So if depending on what you're wanting to do, I think it's a great way to like that social proof, the sharing your successes does add to the value, does like help you position yourself as a leader, as an expert in your industry. And also, I think it helps other people see what's possible for themselves. So when you share a client testimonial, yes, that's great for you. But I think it's also great for someone reading that to be like, oh, well, if this Sal, if client Sally can get these results, whether it's working with Sarah or not, maybe it's possible for me. So I also think that if you can kind of look at it through that way, and then for you, it's like you're going to be helping real estate agents in 2020. You leverage social media, and it's you've done this using social media. So it's not just, hey, look at me, I'm awesome, which is I think a, uh, I, I think is totally fine. But also, it's like, hey, this could be possible for you too, which I think is really powerful. Yeah. And if you have done much research on like the psychology behind persuasion, that's actually a massive piece to it. People want to see, like, it's why reviews are so popular. It's why Yelp is so popular. It, people want to see that you've actually done this before and were successful at it before they will trust you to help them with it. So they kind of just want to see that you know what the heck you're you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I like the thank you for being so open about the struggle that you had before it because I think a lot of times we're worried about well will other what will other people think? Am I qualified? Am I ready? And I I mean, and you probably well let me ask you, did anybody say anything like who are you to post this? What do you think you're doing? Um, maybe not outright, but there are definitely conversations that I, um, heard about after the fact, <laughs> um, I was on a big real estate, uh, team in a, in a bigger office. And there were definitely some conversations that were being had about what I wanted to do and how I wanted to grow my business. Of course, because so many agents are do so well through cold calling and do so well with the methods that are currently popular and in place. And so I think it's kind of similar to like, I don't know, back in the day when people were really obsessed with radio and some, you know, weirdo came along was like, how about TV? And everybody was like, oh no, like that'll never work. You know, and you know, the person creating this new method was like, no, like I, I believe in this and I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to keep talking about it and it's going to be big and it's going to be big. And these people who didn't take advantage of it now feel like the weirdos, right? Like now they're like, well, what the heck did I 
do this for. Um, and so I think it's kind of similar. Like I think that millennials and, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't say that, but just social media in general is going to take off whether we want it to or not. So why not jump on board with it? Like it, it's happening. Like, do, do we think we're going to like reverse and maybe like, you know, go from, you know, TV back to radio or, you know, what, what do we think is going to happen here? Like, we're, you know, we're advancing, like we're moving forward. This is the next step. So that was my mindset around it because it wasn't necessarily that people would say anything. It was kind of the vibe that I would get when people would be like, oh, so like how many cold calls do you do a day? And I was like, none, you know? <laughs> and they're like, well, you're lazy. Why aren't you, why aren't you cold calling? Why aren't you doing the method that's working? Why aren't you taking advantage of the things that we've already worked for to have in place? You know, and it, for me, it was just like, because it's not going to make sense long-term because this is not a short term goal, right? Like I'm not, this is a, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So sure. The cold calling works. Sure. We get results from that, but like overall, who, which method is going to work long-term. And that's why I believe fully in social media, even if maybe right now in little old Louisville, Kentucky, people don't necessarily agree with my method. Well, and that's okay because like you're saying, anything that's like newer or different, um, it's hard for people to maybe embrace or maybe they question how it's really going to work for them. Or um, I hear a lot of times people just thinking that social media is like a waste of time or like, Mm -hmm. um, I just don't have time to be active on social media. I'm too busy. I have too much going on. I can't do this too. That's a really big one in real estate. I'm too busy selling houses to be posting about it on social media. That's a big thing that I I keep hearing. Um, But I think to an extent, I'm kind of like, okay, well then do what you're doing. You know, I'm not going to stop you. Go ahead. But like, I obviously think that this is the best way. I obviously see the long term. And I guess we'll just kind of figure out who's right in a couple of years, maybe next year, you know, like we'll just, it'll all work out. Yeah, and, P- and and the thing with marketing too, and just really in general that I have really realized this year is that there's no one thing. There's not one system. It's when someone sells a system, it's like that how that one person with their history, their beliefs, their network, their likes, their interest utilized a certain path to get a certain result. It may not work exactly that way right. for me. Um, so you're just sharing, this is what's working for me. If right. you want to take it on, if you want to try it, tweak it, make it your own, do a hybrid of cold calling and social media or whatever, like, here's what I'm doing that's working. I'm just going to let you know. Um, and right. I, and so right. that they can, they can do it themselves. I will say, though, that social media is free right now. And I just interviewed... Um, a CEO of a multi-million dollar company. He's in, his products are in 50 companies. It was the Sean Gagnon um, of the Abs Company interview. And he said he posts on LinkedIn, happens to be his platform of choice. Almost every day, he, he requires his team to post three to four times a week. He's a CEO of this huge company. And somehow he manages to find time 
to post on social media because he believes it's that important because he believes that he's either adding value or making connections with his customers. And he said that if you're not on social media, if you don't have time for social media, you don't have time to be relevant, which I thought was, was pretty good. Um, just like, a wow, that's a really great way to think about that. Um, I think it also goes to show the general headspace around social media currently. Like I think, yeah, I think as I, you know, branch into 2020 and I start talking to other realtors about how to get themselves out there on social media, that the first step is going to have to be working through the mind frame around it, right? Because you get so much pushback initially for some reason with social media. And I think it's because people are so so terrified of putting themselves out there that everyone can see that they're putting themselves out there. And so I think when people say, I don't have time for social media, they're really saying, I don't have time to work through my headspace around social media. Because especially Instagram, it's very flashy, very visual, very aesthetic, very obvious when you're trying to grow a business. And it's awkward at the beginning to kind of put yourself out there. And I think that that's what people are saying that they don't have time for because of how they're viewing other people that are putting themselves out there using social media. Or, and maybe they're comparing themselves to somebody like you who've been like really using it with intention for, I don't know, over a year at this point. Yeah. And so if you're just getting started though, you can't do that. Right. And like nobody, like you didn't, did you come out of the womb? Like knowing how to do Instagram stories? No. No. I don't think that there's a gene for that yet. Yeah. There might be. Yeah. Um, One day, but nobody does. Nobody comes out of the womb knowing how to do like the tech part of anything or to how to filter photos or how to write captions. It just happens with time. And that was something that you had talked about in your pre-interview questions was that like time takes time. Time takes time. I think it's so bizarre that humans can kind of put themselves in this time frame. Like you see people do these amazing things and you're like, oh, I can do that. And I think that's probably the the good and bad part of social media is that we see people's result from a lot of hard work. And so what's shown versus what you, what, what actually happens is very different. Like I've had to work through my imposter syndrome and my burnouts and I don't talk. I mean, I kind of mention them. I want to be transparent, but it's hard in the moment to talk about those things and work through those things. And so you kind of like, especially in your first year, go through this emotional thing where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm putting myself out there for the entire world to see. It's not super cool. Everybody's judging me. And you have to just kind of like keep doing it. And I think that when everyone views my social media, they're like, wow, she's really winning. She's really doing all this stuff. And you know, I'm trying to be transparent. I'm trying to be genuine, but I'm not, you know, you're not going to talk about the hardships all the time, right? Because that's boring, especially as entrepreneurs, you wake up and you're freaking out. Like it just happens every day. So I think that people view other people's successes as that's the only thing happening. 
and it's aesthetically pleasing and it looks filtered and it's great, but actually going behind the scenes and seeing the emotional part of growing a business in general, much less putting it out there on social media for everyone else to see while you're growing, it's going to create longevity for the people who are watching now and can watch me grow, but it's going to also make me lose people along the way. And I just kind of have to be okay with that. Yeah. And, and like, it, like so good. So good. So there's a couple of things that I want to pull from that. And that is like, what if somebody is listening to this podcast right now and they're a real estate agent or a coach or whatever, and they're feeling like, Oh, I just suck at it. I can't, I can't, I don't know how to take pretty photos. I don't know how to write all this stuff. What if you just started trying and putting yourself out there? You have to. And you had this conversation or you looked back December, 2020 next year, how much better would it be? How much more successful would you feel? How much better would your captions be? But you can't do that until you actually try. You step, you start like you're saying, like you didn't start with like knowing, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get these photographer. I'm going to hire this photographer. I'm going to do these photos. I'm going to write about this. It's just like, you're kind of learning as you go. And you only learn that by starting and doing it, right? Yeah. And what's interesting to me is that the mindset that you start this with is kind of the mindset that you carry with you. Mm. So like if I, you know, at the beginning I was like, okay, this is point A and this is point Z and I want to get to point Z, right? And and point Z is this big, like massive goal. I'm really good about having like the future, the end goal. And for me, what gets really fuzzy is like, point G. And so because I'm not at point Z, I'm like, oh no, like I'm not good enough. I haven't, I haven't reached the big goal yet. I'm not who I want to be. Like, just wait a second. Like if you think this is great, I'm not even close. And so what happens is, as I look back and I feel closer to point A than point Z, and I feel like, oh, I still have so much to work on. And instead of that being encouraging, sometimes that can feel really overwhelming, right? Because you're like, oh my gosh, I've been working so hard. And even though I'm at a new and a next step, it doesn't feel like the end goal. And I think that's kind of what happened with what happens with people on launching, on posting, on talking about a goal to their friends is like you want to get to a certain point so that the end goal is more obvious. And so you feel like you have like validity, but you're at point G and you don't feel like you're there. And I think talking about point, talking about point G as point G is, is what you have to do. Like you have to stay where you are, you know? Yeah. And like, I think that that's, um, I love that you're being like, so open and honest about that because yeah, if somebody was just to like, look at your feed, they might be like, well, Leslie is at point Z. (laughs) Leslie is not at point Z. (laughs) Um, But you're so right. And that we don't see the behind the scenes all the time or like what the struggles are, what the challenges are of anybody on social media. And if you think about it, like people want to say, kind of give social media, like blame it on social media that we, that we're getting this like, facade potentially or how things better are better than they really are. But like, I think throughout life, that's kind of how we are. Like we don't necessarily go to the grocery store and just go out, walk up to strangers and talk about how stressed out we are. 
right? And so this isn't the paparazzi. This is a business like, and, and we're talking like, if you're doing this for your personal Instagram, like this is a whole nother story. But what we're talking about is using social media, Instagram for business purposes. And right. I do think that there needs to be a filter sometimes about what all you do share, like how behind the scenes you do get. And that's up to you, but you can't be faulted. You can't fault somebody for not sharing everything. And I think that if it could help your audience, like you being open right now talking about, oh man, like sometimes in the morning, I just am like, what am I doing with my life? Um, so many people can relate to that. And that's like really helpful. Um, but you know, you, you get to pick and choose what you share. It's your account, which brings me to something else I wanted to talk to you about. You had, somebody had asked a question, um, what's the difference between, and we don't, it doesn't really matter, I guess what the answer is about a brokerage, a corporate brokerage (laughs) and a local brokerage. Was that the question? Yeah. And I guess like, yeah, the details of it don't matter, but people had, you had shared your opinion, your response. And then I know you had some messages. <laughs> Let yeah. tell us about the messages that you got. I uh, there's just a lot of political social climates in regard to every business, but you know, of course I'm speaking on real estate and people just never want to feel like their work is not being validated. So uh, the messages that I was getting uh, were something to the effect of like you know, that's not fair to put XYZ business out that way. Not that I was even name dropping, but of course, if people have followed along with me, they might know what brokerage I'm kind of not a huge fan of or am a huge fan of. Um, And so I was getting a lot of kind of like snarky comments. Of course, you know, it makes sense. I'm not upset about it. I think the thing that I was upset about was like, This is my social media. And so if someone comes to me, to me on my social media and wants my opinion, then I'm going to give it to them. And I think that you kind of have to stand up for that, right? Like they didn't ask me how, how, how does, you know, how do most people view this brokerage? They ask me, how do you view it? And so I want to be able to have a platform where I can without hesitation, give my opinion. And of course, you know, I wasn't even saying anything terrible. I was just saying, here's my personal opinion. I literally prefaced the story with like, in my experience, this is what happens. And sometimes that isn't even good enough for people. So, you know, my point was that people are not coming to me to, you know, express everyone's opinion. They're coming to me to express mine. And in my defense, I'm not telling people my opinion in order to, you know, form or change someone else's opinion. Like I'm just here to express mine. So if my opinion happens to change your opinion, cool. If my opinion happens to make you firmly believe in another one even more, cool. Like that's the whole cool thing about social media is that I have the ability to be expressive. Yes. And and I like how you handle it because I think that that is some of some of our worst fears is saying our opinion and then people disagreeing or saying that we're not right. And I loved how you followed up your, in your Instagram stories with like, just a reminder, this is my account. Like I appreciate the feedback. 
these are my opinions only. You're allowed to have a different opinion. Um, so I thought you handled it really well, but I also, I thought that that was important to bring up because you may get people who disagree with you when you start to get more visible, when you start to put your opinions out there, when you start to put photos of yourself out there. Um, I think that's when you know that you're actually like making some type of, um, I don't know, traction. And maybe that's the right word is like when people start to disagree with you, when you get some hate, that's probably when you're going to start the ball rolling. And it's funny to me because this is what I feared for so long. And now that I'm here, it just kind of like rolls off my shoulders because I've worked so hard to get here. So you're, you know, one or two or three or however many opinions are not going to change how I view my opinion and how I view my social media. And so like, I think there was an expression that I heard at like the very beginning. And it was like, by the time you make it, none of the opinions that you thought would matter will. And that was so cool to me because at the very beginning, I, I really like, I would, you know, you send pictures to your friends and you're like, does this look okay? You know? And, and now I'm just like, Oh, just post it. Like just to get it out there. Just what, you know, not whatever, but you know, this is the message that I want to say. This is a picture I want to convey it with. Okay, cool. And you don't really need as much validation as maybe you did at the beginning. Um, but yeah, I think that's the cool part of social media is like now, I mean, real estate gives you thick skin, but real estate on social media, that's some really thick skin <laughs> in there. Well, and I think that that is one of the biggest things that can keep people from showing up on social media, not because they don't know how to use a filter photoed or how to write necessarily. It's that fear of being visible. So like, I like what you said about it. Just like, you know, how much, how hard you're working. It's your opinion. You're not trying to necessarily convince everybody in the world of your opinion. Is there, are there any other, and then I want to get into some specific Instagram tips, but just to kind of, because this is such a big mindset hurdle for so many of us, is there any other words of encouragement or advice or recommendations for anybody else who might be struggling with like getting visible, showing their face, sharing opinions on social media? I think you know, I mean, I don't want to say this, but I want to say it, but like, just do it, just go for it. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, I, I also think that you should view social media less as a, a means of producing business and more as a way of like making friends, establishing connection and really going from it from a place of like, okay, I'm just going to put myself out there. How would you want your friends to perceive you? What are things that your friends would say about you? And kind of posting from that headspace and kind of taking some pressure off of it because that's, there's so much of it initially because you're just, all you can think about is how all these people are going to perceive you. But I think if you kind of reel it back to how your friends view you, how your family views you, how anything, how anyone of significance to you is going to view these posts, it should be encouraging and it should kind of help you define what you're putting out there a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think just to add to that and just what I'm seeing from you is like, not everybody is in the market to buy a house this very second or in the, in your case as the listener, like your coaching program or your course or need photos at that very moment. But because you are willing to put yourself out there, 
you you're visible, you're cons- and people are consistently seeing that visibleness. Um, <laughs> is that a word? I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, and then, so you're staying top of minds and not just, we're not just seeing your face, but you're sharing pictures of your dog, which like, who doesn't love pet photos, right? Like that's <laughs> valuable, even though it's like, what? It's like entertaining, right? Entertainment is a form of value. Um, where you're eating at, I, I am interested in like, oh, that's a cute spot. Um, or even like what type of skincare products you're using. And depending on, you know, what you're, what you're doing and what you genuinely like, that might be a value for your audience. But, um, so it doesn't have to be like visibility, like these profound opinions right. every day. Um, but it's how can you stay top of mind how and be relatable? Yes. Build meaningful connections, which I loved what you said about that. Yeah. I think people just, people are nosy. I mean, think about like why reality TV is so huge, you know, like people want to know what the heck is going on. And so something that feels really silly as far as like, like, what do our parents always say? Like, I don't want to show what I'm eating on social media. You know, like, there's that stigma, right? Of like, why are you posting what you're eating? Like, really? Do people need to know that? But it does create a sense of like, oh, like, especially when you're talking about a specific area, like it, it, with real estate, oh, like, this person really knows these areas. They always go to this really cool place, uh, re- really cool places. And, um, I always try to like have buyer consults at like really local places that nobody really knows about so that they really feel like I, I know my city and I know where I am. And I think that that has validity to it as well. Like people want to know that I eat a sandwich for lunch or, you know, whatever it, it is that you're kind of like, should I post this? Like, do people even care? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, no, like if you don't post a picture of your sandwich, you're going to be cool. But it also allows people to form some type of connection with you. Yes, because people buy from people they know, like, and trust. And it's so overused probably, but it's so true. And so those things are just little snippets on a consistent basis where somebody is getting to know you virtually and feel like when they are ready to buy, whether it's a house or, you know, a fitness program or whatever, it's like, oh, I know who I'm going to go to because I feel like I know them already. Because we're friends. Yeah. Because I, because she likes this and I like this too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So before we wrap this up though, like you are the, the real estate queen of Instagram. So tell us some of your top tips for how you have been able to be so successful. Like what, what tools are you using? What advice could you give to the rest of us who are looking to maybe next level our, our Instagram game in 2020? The thing that some people concentrate on and then don't concentrate on correctly, I feel like, are hashtags. Um, and of course, we could get into like the analytics of hashtags. But what's been really interesting for me this year um, has been the amount of referrals that I've been able to create that I didn't necessarily. So the, the 1.5 million is just on what I've actually um, sold here in Louisville. I, I, in that is not included the referrals that I've been able to make all across the U S which has been really cool for me because, you know, there was an agent in Seattle, an agent in Chicago, an agent in Houston, an agent in LA, an agent in Baton Rouge, an agent in Boston that I've made really great connections with. And, um, Cincinnati, like Northern Kentucky, 
um, that I have been able to form some type of connection with and then close or get some type of referral either by connecting them with someone um, to close on a house or them connecting with me. And so if I shied away from hashtags, I don't think that that would be possible because when you're searching on Instagram and you're looking up Louisville Realtor, I'm the first person that pops up. And so that's kind of how I've been able to be connected with. And so I think people can kind of get a little fearful of looking like they're taking Instagram too seriously. And then they'll make like those really cute hashtags that like don't actually mean anything and or like is like a song lyric or something and I think if I had had that mindset of like not taking it seriously that I wouldn't have had the experiences and been able to grow the friendships that I have without that um the other thing that I would say is especially because so many people say oh I don't have time for that I don't have time to take pictures I don't have time like just reserve you know a three-hour time slot you know you spend three hours in a week, a couple days watching television, like you have time, you can do it and do a, um, like a photo shoot, find a local photographer, um, pick out the outfits that you feel most badass in and, and have those photos made so that you kind of have bulk and then use them, like kind of spread them out. So like post a really cool picture of the interior of a house and then use the photo and then like, you know, a couple other things are about your life and, and then post another photo from the photo shoot and kind of just space them out so that you're not constantly like, Oh crap. I have to post. I look like crap. I don't feel like taking a photo today and then not posting because you feel like you are not in the right headspace or have the right mentality around what you're doing. Um, that is another tip. Um, I'm trying to think of another one because I have so many. I'm trying to figure out how to like nail them all down. How do you schedule or plan your posts? Because that's always a that's always a question that I hear. Like, how do you how do you make sure that you post a certain amount, or do you dedicate like do you say you're going to post this every day or every three days? Or um, talk to me about that, and then I have one more question about stories. <laughs> Um, so I, I know a popular one with posting, like doing like a scheduled post. If you switch to a creator account, they actually have the creator studio now that you can schedule posts through. I'm personally not a huge fan of it. If you're into the Enneagram, I am a strong wing four. So authentic is a massive, um, thing that has to happen for me. It has to feel authentic. It has to feel genuine. It has to feel real, you know? So I don't have much luck with scheduling posts because I get very caught up on like, is this going to be an authentic post if it's scheduled? And I'm crazy. But um, what I do is actually an idea that you gave me was the content. Um, like I call it a content cache, but I think it's just like a brain dump. And I kind of have a Google doc where I have all of these different ideas already written out when I actually have them in my head and, you know, and then I just kind of type them out or do a voice memo and they're all in one space so that when I know, like, I do have a goal of like, okay, I would like to post like two to three times this week. And then I try to stay pretty active in my stories every day. Uh, and then when that time comes and I have a second to sit down or I've planned time to have a second and sit down, I will say, okay, I want this picture with this post. And I don't have to like type it all out or be in the correct headspace. I also have like copy and pasted hashtags that like I test out or that 
you know, I've already created or have already worked in the past. And of course, I'll tweak that back and forth. But I already have those in a space as well. So that posting is not this two hour long process of finding the right picture, finding the right filter, and then coming up with content and then trying to find hashtags that I think will work. So I've kind of made it easy for myself so that when I'm posting, it's just a little bit more consecutive, I guess. It's just a little easier. I love that. And I think the content cache or content bank, whatever you call it, is such a good idea because you may not be creative at that very moment where you're like, I need to post something. Right. But there's probably ideas coming to you all the time in the mm-hmm. shower, while you drive, while you exercise, at the grocery store. The grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> and so I love that you can capture those in something like a content cache so that you're not sitting down with a blank screen. So that's well, it also helps for like multiple different platforms. So like that way I'm not having to come up with something for Instagram, come up with something for Facebook, come up with something for a blog post. If I have this really long thing that I want to say, then I might just make that whole thing a blog post and do like a condensed version on Instagram or, you know, I don't copy and paste my stuff from Instagram to Facebook. I know a lot of people do that, but I kind of want to appeal to the different platform purposes. And so I might say something completely different on Facebook than I do with Instagram and not just like copy and paste those things. Yeah. But the same could be safe as like for LinkedIn and I'm really getting into Pinterest and doing like blog posts and things like that. So um, it can help you be multifaceted, I guess is the right word and, and kind of not have to do so much work for one topic. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I like that you don't push the content because that is something that you can totally see if it's something that you wrote on Instagram. And then when people push yes. it to Facebook, <laughs> there's all those like broken links and like all those hashtags potentially. And it's like, that's not, that's not for this platform. It's kind of right. like an afterthought. Um, so I like that you think of your platforms as like different audiences or like, what does this person need? And maybe it's just tweaking, but it's right. like posting it organically or the raw video or the raw post. And Facebook and Instagram don't even have the same uh, ratios as far as pictures are concerned. So sometimes if you do like a vertical post on Instagram, it's just, it doesn't look the same on Facebook. Um, and so I like doing like the correct ratios on each platform as well. Oh, that's so good. See, those are things that we don't always think about. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other thing that I think you do such a good job about that we can all learn from is your story strategy so that I see you showing up with like value, um, as far as, um, your posts about what to do over the weekend And I'm going to talk to you about that. And then also you do a great job of like video content, fun photos around town. So what, how do you think about stories? How do you do your own stories? So I kind of view my feed as like a magazine and then my stories is kind of like a behind the scenes. So I want my stories to be more raw, maybe less visually appealing. I'll show up there, you know, with no makeup on and my robe you know, and just kind of feel like I'm talking to my, my friends, whereas my actual feed is more along the lines of like, you know, the professional photo shoots and things that I have taken. But as far as how I think about stories, um, I just kind of try to show up, you know, if I'm having a crappy day and I'll kind of say I'm having a crappy day today, but this is what's going on. And, you know, of course, try not to dwell on that 
too much, but um, I just kind of showcase my personal feelings a little bit more and my personal um, like experiences. So there, that's where my dog is the most. That's where I share um, events going on in Louisville for the week. I kind of do something um, with an email list and it coincides with what I share on my stories. You know, these are my favorite events happening in Louisville this week and I'll tag the different local places and things like that. That way people get used to me being the Louisville expert without saying, hey, buy a house, hey, buy a house, hey, buy a house. Um, They're kind of getting used to me knowing Louisville really, really well without me having to say I know Louisville really, really well. <laughs> um, so I, I do those types of things. And then I also um, just show just show my day-to-day life. So if I take my dog to the dog park, I'll show that I'm at the dog park and which dog park I'm at. Um, and of course, if you're weird about like security and things like that, you can take the video, save it to your phone and post it after you're gone. Because I know that kind of comes up for women, especially in real estate and showcasing where you are at all times. Um, so I, I have done that before. Um, I feel like I got off track. What else was your question? <laughs> no, the, I mean, that's good. Just how all the things that you, how you use stories. And, um, I like that. And I've seen some other people in different industries use like, uh, the weekends, uh, what do you call it? We, what's coming up this weekend? Yeah. I think I just like, like my, half- my favorite events this week or something. Yeah. Something like that. Like a recap of what's coming in. And then then you say, if you want to get this on a regular basis, make sure you don't miss it. Drop me a line and I'll get you on my email list. So I also like that you're leveraging, um, Instagram to also take people off Instagram onto things that you own, like your blog on your website, like your email list. And I feel like we could have talked about all of this, like so much more, but, um, that is why you're actually going to be launching, I know, a social media course specifically for realtors in 2020 of some sort, um, because there is so much to it. It's how do you get people on Instagram and then how do you get people off Instagram and all these little things, filters and your content strategy and all this, what exactly is a content bank? So, you know, if we had three or four hours and we could get into (laughs) everything, it would be so good. I'm glad we got into the mindset piece though, because I think without that, without addressing that or overcoming that or trying to push past that, none of these tips matter because you're not going to do it anyway. You're not do it, yeah. So that's the most important. I'm glad we talked about that. Um, and you've shared some good things already. I, w- I would encourage people to go ahead and just connect with you on Instagram <laughs> to see what else you're doing. Um, tell me, tell us where we can find you on Instagram and then tell us a little bit about what you do have coming up in 2020. Yeah. So Instagram is just my name. I felt like that was pretty, pretty basic, <laughs> pretty easy, but it's just Leslie Comstock. Um, and then in 2020, um, I'm going to be, so I was going to do like an ebook and all kinds of stuff. I know that I kind of chatted with you about that, but I think I'm going to do more of the calls like one-on-one sessions or even group sessions where I can kind of dive into the mindset and help people kind of get through that funk initially um, and and kind of launch it that way and come up with like hashtags for their specific areas opposed to just doing like cookie cutter hashtags like these hashtags work but actually helping them figure out which hashtags are going to work for their area especially because realtors are so location specific um So, and just kind of going through how they can 
prioritize their time, what platform is going to work best for them. I will be working primarily through Instagram at the beginning, just because I feel like that is such an amazing platform to connect with, especially when you're talking about realtors in regard to referral based business. Um, if you can get referrals from literally all over the country, that's probably your best, you know, usage of your time. Um, and just kind of establishing, establishing yourself as the expert and how to actually go about doing that. So that's what I'm going to be launching. I do think it's going to be more one-on-one -on -one based. Um, I kind of have to get more specific, but that's kind of what I've come up with so far. I hope to launch that at the end of January. So. Okay. Awesome. So if you want to be on the, the wait list, reach out, DM, slide into Leslie's DMs <laughs> and let her know you want to be on the wait list for that because yeah, she is a, a wealth of information that we just really scratched the surface with, but I love that we got into the mindset piece and then we did get into some of the nitty gritty tangible tips of what you'd use. Um, but with that, is there anything else that you would want to share to, I know that's, that's a lot of pressure to, to consider this episode complete for now. And we might have to bring you back on to, to, to talk more, um, next year about, or not next year, this will be launching in 2020. But <laughs> I just, I, you know, I'll just reiterate that time takes time. I think that, you know, people have to have very, um, reasonable expectations in regard to social media. Like ha having big goals is great, but you can't get there overnight. And I think that that's the piece of social media that can kind of get so, um, swept under the rug is that it does take time. It's okay to put yourself out there. I know it's not like cool to always put yourself out there on social media, but that we're not here to be cool. We're here to run a business and be here for the long haul. So obviously everybody wants their business <laughs> for the long haul. And I know that this is the direction we're going in, you know, like what we talked about, it's not going to reverse. We're not going to just technology is not just going to disappear, you know? So I think just allowing yourself the room to emotionally think about using social media, even if you're kind of just standoffish with it at the beginning, just think about it. It, it takes time. So you, you have it. Just kind of think about it. Oh, that's such a good way to end this. Leslie, thank you so much for joining us on the Social Scholar Podcast. Me. <laughs> yeah, this was fun. And uh, we'll see you over on Instagram. Yeah. Before you go, I have two quick things I want to make sure that you don't miss out on. The first one is being a part of the Social Scholar Study Group, which is a private Facebook group where we're hanging out, looking at behind the scenes. You're getting additional bonus content. You're able to connect with the other listeners and have network opportunities. And occasionally when it works out, we're going to bring back our podcast guests for live interviews to share additional information with us to get your questions answered. So we're going to have a lot of fun over there as well as a ton of value. So be sure and join us in the link below in the show notes. And then secondly, um, I'm learning very quickly that reviews are important for getting the podcast found, reaching other people, helping them help other people by the content um, and the, the guest experts and experiences that they're sharing. And so... I would love it. It would just mean the world to me if you would take time to leave a review and in exchange for that time and energy and effort, because I know you are busy, I'm going to give you the Selling on Social Roadmap as well as the um, social media content launch 
blueprint, which basically is four weeks of content leading up to your launch so that by the time you're ready to talk about your offer in that week four, people are knowing you, they're liking you, they're trusting you, and they're ready and excited to buy whatever it is you're selling. So you'll get both of those. Just shoot me an email once you've left a review at hello at com. Let me know you've left a review and I will get you your selling on social goodies over to you. Until the next episode, I will see you around social media.